Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Let's try it. When the commune, when the commune opens up again, it's just going to be mad. There's just going to be people are just going to make it out. <laughs> oh, no, I feel like it'll be opposite because we'll all be so awkward because we're so out of practice and routine that we're just going to like awkwardly be sitting there. Do you mind if I play a song on the jukebox? Like, I think it's going to be very proper. So before lockdown happened, most Monday nights, I'd find myself at a specific bar in Toronto because they host these amazing vinyl nights. And I, I love music and it's a great way for me to have some me time. The host of this decided to pivot it during lockdown to do it over Zoom. So the same group of people, the usual suspects, have been going week after week after week for the past few months. And I've really gotten to know some of the people in that group at that virtual bar night. And one is Vinyl Guy. He reached out to me after hearing uh, my first podcast episode, congratulating me and giving me his really great feedback and also happening to mention subtly that he is single too and that it's relatable. We'd sent some messages back and forth um, through DM on Instagram and um, on a Friday night. I asked what he was up to. He said he was about to have a drink. I said I was too. And I said, let's grab one together. We ended up talking on that Friday night for hours, I'd say at least three hours. And the next day he sent me a message just really like kind of like the follow up date message like Jen had a great time with you last night. So like nice getting to know you more. And we just, you know, been messaging here and there back and forth. Nothing to write home about per se. I don't know if I'm romantically interested or not, and I don't know what his thoughts are. What I do know is I've developed a connection with someone who I've spent time with through the computer over the past three months. Someone that I've already, you know, developed this camaraderie, have a sense of respect for, have an understanding of who he is as a person. And we've already started off with this commonality, this mutual passion and hobby for music. I don't know what's going to happen, if anything's going to happen. So I'm going to just go about my days, nourishing myself, taking the best care of myself that I can with my healthy meals and working out and communicating and connecting with others. Hi, I'm Jen Kirsch, and you're listening to Lockdown Love. I know that I get really excited by the potential of a new person. I am a hopeless romantic. I am a dreamer. I am a free spirit. What's been very cool is being forced to not act. Being forced to not have physical contact. With this new guy that piqued my interest. Again, I don't know if it's piqued romantically or not. But my interest has been piqued. I do find him attractive and traits of his are attractive. If I were at the bar and met him at the bar on the Monday night, my vinyl night, I likely would have gone home with him if that was an option. 
Um, I would have, you know, sent the cues out. But I am finding out that slow and steady does win the race. So my truth right now is being aware of my habits, for better or for worse. And they have not been serving me up to this point to find the ultimate love, the one, whatever you want to call it. So I'm just willing to be patient with myself and be aware when I'm following suit into things that seem natural, but they're just learned bad patterns and taking a step back to let things actually happen and play out. I've talked to Serge Desmarais about why relationships and connections right now are so intense when we're meeting people that we're not even meeting in real life. We're meeting them virtually. And then I spoke to Dr. Jen Mann, who schooled me and told me I got to do the damn work and figure my shit out or else I'm going to keep picking the same guy after the same guy after the same guy. I've done a lot of work over the past year. I really gave myself time after my breakup to do me, to get my independence back, to have the freedom to enjoy my life. Over the past week after talking to Dr. Jen Mann, as I've been thinking about what she says, I started to kind of notice even the guys I'm talking to now during lockdown. It's similar. It's a specific type. And they're treating me maybe a very specific way that abides by a pattern that I'm used to. I want to be more aware and more mindful and not waste her valuable words and advice. So I don't want to jump into anything with anyone unless they're my equal partner and we're on the same page. I don't want to be with someone just to be with someone. You know, I'm behind closed doors. It's not like I'm hooking up with them anyway. So I may as well just go through this journey. And so I decided to call my friend Sarah Landry. Sarah is known as the bird's papaya to her over 1.3 million followers on her Instagram account. She is a goddamn warrior. She went through a huge transformation in her life. She got out of a relationship that was no longer serving her, despite the fact that she had three children with this man. I wanted to find out what her journey was. I wanted her to unpack for me and for you guys, how do you know it's not right for you? How to take a step back and move forward? How to do the work after moving back home with your parents? Guys, you know I'm in quarantine here at my dad's house. And how do you attract that like-minded mate, that one that is going to ultimately be your equal? So I was like, I never really dated. I was kind of, I was overweight since I was 12 and I was really, it wasn't even about my weight. It was how insecure I was about my body and just like how I thought people perceived me and really relying on like being funny and like just be the fun girl. And so I had my high school sweetheart. We we just definitely broke up and got back together a lot. It was just, I think we were good friends, but just really didn't work together as a couple. And on one whim of a breakup, I rebounded with a new guy and like within two weeks. And that relationship escalated so quickly. We were married within 18 months of us even dating. And I was 19 years old. And then all of a sudden it's like, do you want to move overseas? And I was like, actually not at all. Like, don't want to do that. So I think it was a bit of like, I had really caged myself. You've read Untamed. This is a huge theme. There's a lot of us that are kind of recognizing that. And that was, that was kind of me as I had really like played this part. And I told this story and I had woven this life 
of somebody in the, in a relationship and what I thought the other person wanted. And that kind of became the driving force of the relationship. And I got pregnant at 20. So we did not move. We stayed home and I ended up having my second child at 23. And then we had to move for his job to Ottawa. So now we're moved six hours away from family and support systems. That caged feeling really got strong when it's like I've caged myself and now I've removed myself from my support systems and the people that really knew me for me. So I got real lost in those years, like really, really lost. And, and, I, and I think that's where I kind of have to own that part of that relationship, regardless of how negative it ended up being for me. It at its core started because I just didn't value myself. But around the age of 27, 28, I really started to focus on my health. And when you start focusing on anything, especially in the realm of, you know, trying to live better and do better. And I, you know, I'm now done having the babies and I'm entering this new chapter of my life. I wanted to start working. I wanted to start being independent. It was really met with a lot of resistance. And I didn't realize how, how much I'd set myself up in this situation and also how much like we hadn't had a lot of these conversations. And I started going to therapy and recognized that my therapist actually called me a sponge. She was like, you don't even have an opinion. And I was like, I have opinions. She's like, of your own or are they your husband's? Mm. Are they your parents? Are they your friends? Like, what is your opinion? And I remember sitting there and going, I actually don't know. And that got really uncomfortable because then you had to start listening. You had to start listening and learning who you are. I had to start dating myself, which was the one thing I, I wish I'd done all the way back when I was a teenager is not worry about if everybody else likes me do I like me? Am I actually paying attention to what I want without kind of giving a lot of details into our divorce? I did end up moving out in with my parents, with my three children and having to now, honestly, at that point I was like, well, I'm just never going to date again. And I kind of wrote off the whole thing. And I was like, this is, it's just me time. I want all of this. I get to the things like, Oh, I get to watch what I want on TV. I get to do whatever. I get to cook the food I want to eat. Nobody tells me what to do. That was the first time in my adult life I'd experienced that, but I was still living at my parents' house. So it wasn't really. Well, wait, how old were you at that time, Sarah? 30. I moved out at 30. So I was married for 11 years. Wow. And at the time of my divorce, I remember my mom said to the kids, uh, do you know when you sit in an airplane and the oxygen masks drop down and what they tell you to do is the mom has to put it on herself first because she can't put it on you because if she puts it on you and she doesn't make it, neither one of you get out. So mom's got to put it on her first. So she kind of sat there and she's like, mom's putting the oxygen mask on. Like this is her time. And it kind of brought me back to that therapy of like, I had to form my own opinions. I had to keep that that oxygen mask on myself, understanding that if the core relationship with myself was structured and built upon with a strong foundation all of the subsequent relationships would not matter. They would benefit if they were meant to benefit, but they didn't, they no longer were reliant on my behavior, pleasing them. It was, is this working for me? Because this relationship with myself stands the test of time. When I met my now husband, I was in the throes of divorce. You know, when your life is like off of a track and it's like, like if you just visualize a train, that's not on a track, how hard it is to push it forward. It doesn't really move. It kind of gets stuck. Right. But as soon as you're kind of on track, life clicks, like it just down it goes. And that that's kind of what was happening. And that was the first moment that I was like, wait, this is kind of working out. 
So I go to this amazing job that I had my eye on for years. Like it was like my dream place to work. I walk in, I'm being introduced to everyone. There's about 30 staff in this office. And uh, my friend from high school who's introducing me to everyone, she was kind of pointing at everyone in the office and she goes, and that's Shane. And he works, he wears plaid every day. I remember you telling me this when I wrote about your wedding and like how you guys met. I remember that line. Never forget (laughs) it. It was just such a moment. And it's so ingrained in me because I didn't look at him and I was like, Ooh, like so attractive. I had men were dead to me at that point. I had no, I won nothing, but it was kind of like, I'd been this caged person and now I was this wild free person. So the thought of being in a relationship again, I was like, it was kind of like trying to hold hands with a wild bird. Like I was just kind of like, like all over the place. Right. Like I was just like, here's, I remember when we first had conversations, I was like, here's what I like, here's what I don't like. I'm not bullshitting you. And he's like, I love camping. I was like, I hate camping. He's like, I love movies. I'm like, I like rom-coms. It was like, I was trying to be so honest that it was just like, all right. But we found a lot of things that we did have in common. And and I really loved how much we could debate on things in a really respectful way. And I was like, oh, this is actually really fun. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds. And I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There was just a lot of peace to this relationship. So I really got um, about a year of secretly dating Shane, which was really fun. It was actually really good for us because it just gave us a lot of like alone time. We weren't a public couple. So it gave me a lot of independence as well. And it got the kids to get to know him on like a mom's friend. Right. And, and that's how it started. Genuinely, it started because he came out in a group of us bowling and the kids were just obsessed with him. But yeah, it was about a year. And then I finally um, sat down with my boss because I thought I was going to have to leave by being public in this relationship, but knew I couldn't really hold it too much longer. And so I finally told him and he was actually so ecstatic for us. That's and a great response. Yeah, yeah. And basically, as soon as the, our boss gave the go ahead, Shane was already designing a ring. Like he, we were just so ready. It's interesting. What I love about your story and your journey, thank you so much for sharing. And I love yeah. that you brought up Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, because oh. I saw, I reached out to you when I saw you were reading it a week or so ago. And I'm like, maybe mm-hmm. I'll read it again this weekend because yeah. it's so transformative and really teaches you to trust your instincts and to love yourself for. And if something doesn't feel right or you're questioning it, it Mm -hmm. likely isn't. What's interesting to me about you taking that time, quote unquote, secretly to have this uh, relationship and begin your life with Shane is for those of us that are in lockdown, Mm -hmm. it kind of feels that way. How do you think or do you think that it would change how you got to know Shane? You know, without being physically able to see each other, but to be able to still connect in, um, you know, a very emotionally driven way. Yeah. So in a way, we kind of had a bit of that experience because 
he had gone through this breakup. And because I had just gone through a breakup and living at my parents' house, we didn't have a place to be physically together. So it was very driven by texts and phone calls. And I think that that actually was to our benefit because attraction is distraction, let's be real. And uh, it can bring this other element and it can be so addictive in the beginning. But I really got to know about his childhood. I got to know about who he was, the little things that he loved. I got to ask these questions. We didn't really have that opportunity to be physical, right? So it really kind of structured us in who we were as two individuals, which at the same time, once we did get to the point of like being going on dates and like actually being together, it made it calm and really intense at the same time. During lockdown, we're just connecting so intensely and it sounds similar to how you and Shane connected. You just, you can't get enough of each other, but also in lockdown for those who are, you know, honoring the rules set in place, there's a lot of time I think I went on a video date last Friday night. You think? <laughs> I um, I do this every every Monday. I go to this vinyl night, this bar in Toronto that I always go to does it. So they moved oh it to gosh, Zoom during so this time. Fun. So I've been, you'll have to come with me maybe next week. <gasps> but you might see the, who the guy is, but that's okay. And I keep seeing this guy. Over the past three months, I see him in the group or we'll send some side messages. We followed each other on Instagram. And he really thoughtfully last week reached out to me that he heard my podcast. He loved it. He said he's in a similar place. I'm like, single, noted, okay? But I I was like, oh, is he flirting with me or just being nice? And during lockdown, as single folk, we don't know the difference because there's you can't tell tone in text. And it's no. not like he's going to lean in for the kiss into the computer or give me like the kiss me eyes or something. You know, girls used to say, oh, I'm not going to shave my legs or get a wax so I don't hook up with him. Well, it's like, I don't need, I'm not going to leave my house so I won't hook up with him. So I could genuinely get to know someone. From yes. your experience with taking the time to get to know Shane and having a really lovely, uh, mutually equal and respectful relationship, especially because you knew each other from the workplace, how would you suggest going about it with this guy? Oh, that's a good, I honestly love what you're doing. I think it's really, I think there's like so much room just in like getting to explore stuff that you probably wouldn't do unless you were so much further down the road. And I think it's, I think it also creates a little bit of a challenge in the sense that emotionally vulnerable is going to be probably more difficult to move on from than let's say just going home from the bar and having that experience and just like having that, right? Because I don't think it matters between if you are doing it separately or if you were like, let's say in a shared space together. If you're in a shared space together, you're still kind of in that same situation. Like, our biggest excitement is moving from the living room to our bedroom at bedtime. Like that's as much that happens for us anymore. In your like in the now and what you're doing, like the fact that you're doing a house party and the Zoom call, like it's it's creating a new form of intimacy. And I think then we we've always really looked down on long distance relationships, but the people who go into them understanding how to do the work in terms of letting go of a lot of that tangible needs of like face-to-face contact 
it really allows you to dive into what intimacy really means and what does it look like and how can we create it and discover it in different ways. So that's kind of like my favorite thing. Like it, even in early days, if I ever dated anybody, that was like my big thing is I just want to know everything. I want to know so I want to know about their childhood. I want to know about their favorite job. I wanted to know about like what their morning routine was. Like I'm just so fascinated by the person that I often like as much as I love physical stuff did find it kind of distracting from like, okay, yeah, but still I want to know like what, what moisturizer do you use? Like, I'm such a, in such a leech for that kind of stuff. So I honestly would be super into it. And I think one of the things that is really not that like, this sounds like such a scam and I don't mean for it to, but you should look up. There is a whole, there is an article, I think it was in the New York times years ago about like they challenged all these people. They had to stare into each other's eyes for four minutes straight, you know, and there was a series of like 20 questions that they asked each other. Yes. And the, the success rate of those who fell in love from it was like, these were strangers and it was like yes. a 50% success rate. And it just went to show that like, we're kind of driven by like a physical attraction all the time and this physical relationship. But when you actually dove into a different layer of connecting with somebody that it could provide a more concrete result. And so I like literally when I met Shane, I Googled what those questions were. I love that. You know what? Maybe I should I be doing it. that myself. They and on Friday, questions. get a nice bottle of bubbly or something, pop it open and be like, hey, let's do this. Maybe I yes. should even bring him on. It'd be great. It'd be interesting to bring him oh on my the gosh, podcast. You should. As like an anonymous guest. As like an anonymous guest. Dating. He could be vinyl night guy. And the one thing I would want to kind of end with when it comes to like relationshiping now and seeing red flags, even within the text world, Shane is the worst texter I've ever met in my entire life. I have to text his mother like to update her on his life. <laughs> I have to like, he, he's awful. It doesn't even keep it. He'll like literally leave a room and like for four hours and like forget his phone. I don't even know how he does it. When we first met, he knew that texting was like my thing. I needed it. Mm -hmm. And he texted back. So those, like, if you have somebody that you still feel like you're chasing, like it's not, I don't know that it's ever going to work because while eventually he became a crappy texter to me, <laughs> it's because we had our relationship strong in other ways. But when it was important that that was our core type of communication, he would stay up till two in the morning if he needed to, because I still needed to talk, right? Like they, they, those concessions start to be made and you can see that equality and that sacrifice and that nourishment for both of you. And I think that's, if we can continue relationships that we constantly advocate for our own personal needs without, you know, without feeling like we're being demanding, but actually just honoring that core relationship with ourselves, everything in the bank balance of our lives will work out so much better. I am just realizing in this exact moment, as I look into the eyes of three awaiting producers on a screen, I'm having a fucking big moment and I have no poker face. I keep saying, I don't know if I like this guy that's piqued my interest and I'm using the right words, but the truth is piqued my interest means I am interested. I don't want to fall prey to my usual way of being which is to get really excited and just converse with no care in the world because I genuinely don't care if I get rejected. I like to put myself all out there because this is who I am and I don't feel like I need to pretend to like have someone chase me and all this stuff. I think if people are meant to match, they're meant to match and if not, they're not. 
it's also scary having a podcast and having this medium. I feel so extremely vulnerable. It's what I signed up for. I don't regret it. It's tough because I want to be able to take my own advice. Sarah had said this to me. She's like, you know, marriage therapists and all this, they get divorced too. We're all human. And something I've struggled with for so many years as a dating columnist and a relationship, pegged as a relationship expert on air on major segments is that people say, oh, well, if you're such a great expert, then why are you single? Ha ha ha. And it's like, well, I'm single because I know when to remove myself from a toxic situation. I'm single because I'm not willing to settle for something or anyone. And I'm single because I love who I am as a person. I work hard. I am empathetic. And I know what I bring to the table. When I think about the situation I found myself in, so someone's piqued my interest, And they seem like a legit person, a cool person, well put together. They're older than me. They have life experience. They're a good communicator. My immediate thing that I didn't even realize I was doing until a producer just called me out is to self-sabotage. When Sarah first met her husband, she was still at the point where she was trying to play it cool. But then she's like, you know what? I can't. This is me. And... I guess this is me in doing this podcast, but it's super scary, but I am catching myself like, oh, I won't be needy. I won't message him. I won't show interest because I want him to figure out for himself that I'm this full package. I maybe need to just start listening to my gut and stop listening to what I think I should do. I think what I've learned, as much as I want to be that girl, I'm just not. I'm, I'm a little messy. I'm, I'm a little unapologetic. See you at final night. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Love. I'm Jen Kirsch. Thanks to Sarah Landry of The Bird's Papaya. You can follow her online on Instagram at The Bird's Papaya and check out her podcast. Today's episode was produced by Kimberly Hackuman, Adrian Muhajarin, Allison Bruff, and me, Jen Kirsch. Lockdown Love is a production of Entertainment One's Podcast Network. You can also follow us on Twitter at LDL underscore podcast and on Instagram at Lockdown Love Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.